You're tuned in to season one of Tower After Hours, where we amplify some of the voices that make up Lancaster County. Across six episodes, we'll be sitting down with guests and exploring how they contribute to and elevate individuals and businesses in our community. From young professionals making a lasting impression to seasoned marketers, we'll discuss some of the tactics they're using to leave an impact in their organizations and beyond. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back. If you haven't listened to the first episode of the season, last month we caught up with Brianna Tai-Tai from the Lancaster EDC and talked about how she's using her role to uplift Lancaster businesses. So if you haven't heard that one, be sure to go give it a listen. But today we're excited to sit down with Mackenzie Bender from Spooky Nook Sports. Thanks for being here. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, okay, before we get too deep in, can you just... Tell us, is it Spooky Nook or Spooky Nook? Because it's said... People say it differently in yeah, this room. <laughs> yeah. It, it depends on who you ask, and it depends on what part of Lancaster <laughs> County you're from. Uh, either is acceptable. We're totally fine. Okay. Either way. Uh, I personally say Spooky, but you will hear mm. interviews with our owner where he says Spooky. Occasionally, he'll say Spooky. So, like, truly no no wrong answers here. Okay. Okay, I didn't that's even good know. There's, like, a Spooky Nook or Spooky, like, place in PA. Like, that's what someone just said out there, that that's why it's called that. So it's uh, based off of the road we're on. So we are on Spooky Nook Road. We did not change the name of the road. The name of the road influenced the name of our business. So, um, yeah, the belief was just kind of that people would naturally say, like, hey, we're going down to the Nook, uh, Mm. because all locals sort of knew that that was the name of the road. So Mm -hmm. the name of the complex kind of took on that mindset. Yeah. It's like the chicken and the egg situation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's all sorts of folklore about, you know, there was a train that used to run through there and it sounds, sounded spooky at night. So oh. there's all, it just depends how, oh my how deep into that myth you want to get. Should but. we change the episode Wait, to can like, we just talk about the history <laughs> of, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. It's just that one story. Wow. So. That's crazy. When all else fails, just the nook. That's right. what I always Fair. do. Absolutely. You want to be cool? want to go to the nook. nook. <laughs> if you're local. Yeah, if you're local. Um, anyway, okay, so Mackenzie, you are the Corporate Director of Marketing and Partnerships. Um, so for all our sports fans out there, this is going to be a fun one for you because there was recently a really big sports game. I don't know if you guys watched it or <laughs> did you? No, I did. Oh, you did? Even though I didn't like the teams, I did. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was a big dividing factor this year. Mm-hmm. Did you have a team you were rooting for? Yeah, as an Eagles fan, uh, didn't really like either of the teams yeah. in the Super Bowl this year, but I think my uh, disdain for the 49ers over the mm. course of the last year outweighed my want for anyone other than the Chiefs to win. So yeah. I was pulling for a Chiefs victory in this yeah. one. Yeah, I feel like that's a common thing. People are like, I just hate this team more. So yeah. I'm yeah, going to absolutely. root for the other team. <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. Honestly, I was just rooting for Justin Bieber to come out on the halftime <laughs> show, so we can't always get there. what we want. <laughs> he was there. Okay, so you said the Eagles were your favorite team. Obviously, you wanted them to be in the Super Bowl, but... That would have been ideal, yeah. Uh, started the season off strong and then just... Yeah, what happened? Chaos kind of hit the fan. Uh, not sure what's going on in Philadelphia, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good players there there's a lot of good uh coaching changes happening already this offseason so I'm just kind of going to pretend the last few weeks in Eagles football never happened and we're going to hope for the best next year yeah I think that's the I think that's what everyone's sort of doing yeah everyone whose team loses that's sort of the mentality they adopt yeah it'll get better next year totally did you you, oh 
I was going to ask if she thought Jason Kelsey was going to retire. Oh, okay. Now what I was going to ask. But I really do. I, I so wish too. he wouldn't, but I watched an interview with him the other day, and even though he hasn't officially said anything, uh, I it was very clear to me that he was done. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll see. So, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. Aww. I was going to ask, did you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really got a kick out of the Duncan commercial with Ben Affleck and mm, Matt Damon and yeah. J-Lo and Tom yes. Brady. It was a second half commercial, so if anyone wants to bed early or uh, <laughs> was not really paying attention. But it really made me laugh, and it's basically just Ben Affleck making a fool of himself and, and yeah. his friends telling him to to stop. Uh, oh, but <laughs> it's been on every day since the Super Bowl, yeah. so... I'm over it already, but it was really good when I saw it. Yeah, it was. It kind of did. That one did revive me a little, I think, because I was getting a little bored. Fair. I don't the game know. was pretty boring. Yeah. Till the end. And honestly, so were some of the commercials. Yeah. Well, someone at, someone here has said, like, maybe it was even you that said this, that you, the Super Bowl mentality now is just get as many famous people as oh, I no, can. Oh, no. I think that was Kelly said that in like a 30 second time span. How many famous people can we get in this commercial to like make it yeah. stand out? And that just doesn't really happen anymore yeah because everyone's getting famous people. I know I miss the old commercials like the for some reason it was always beer companies that had mm. the most like heartfelt <laughs> like there was always a dog in it and then there was like oh we're prancing to go get a, a nice cold beer or something but it was always such a cute story yeah. and they just they don't make those anymore when I was in college we um there was a semester I was in a marketing class and we we're studying the Super Bowl commercials because mm. it was second semester. And it was the year that uh, there was a commercial called Puppy Monkey Baby. Oh. And it was literally like the formula for Super Bowl commercial success. Like you need a puppy, you need a monkey, or you need a baby. <laughs> and so the whole premise of the commercial was like they created a puppy monkey baby. And it was just like, I couldn't even tell you what company the, the commercial yeah. was for. But oh my God. Um, it was this whole philosophy of like what is the formula that it takes to create the most memorable Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I want to ask that question. So I was watching it with my family, and a lot of the commercials ended up being, like, my grandma's in the background saying, well, what was that even for? So, like, (laughs) do you think that there's any benefit to having something that's just, like, purely memorable, but they don't remember what your brand is? Or is it better to make sure that – I mean, obviously, in any situation, I think it's better to make sure that you're getting your name and your product out there, but – I don't know. I I feel like it's kind of a dividing factor because so many people are going for that just like big, big budget stardom, mm-hmm. get whoever you can in it. And then it almost doesn't seem to matter as much if they're hitting on their product or themselves. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I think both things can probably be true. Like if I think through like what commercials over the last couple of years stick out the most to me, it's probably Doritos commercials mm-hmm. just because totally. they, they've... Mm-hmm their attention getting you know it's Doritos like there's never a doubt in my mind but also it's been a couple of years I won't say how many since I graduated college but um (laughs) and I'm still talking about that puppy monkey baby commercial and I'm gonna leave here and google it so that I remember what brand it is (laughs) so like there is something to be said for like people are still talking about it eight years later um and then I'm going out on my own to figure out remind myself what brand it is and and maybe bring it up in the office later and ask people if they remember that. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something notable there um, that, yes, I might not have that brand recognition for them, but I'm still talking about the commercial all this time later. Yeah, that's That's a really good point. That is a good point. Um, Lily, do you want to say your favorite commercial? (laughs) Yeah, so my favorite commercial was the the CeraVe 
commercial with Michael Sarah. <laughs> um, I just think it was such a. I mean, first of all, okay, he personally he was my favorite in Barbie. I mean, <laughs> what an unlikely person to be in Barbie, and he just. He's not even a Ken. He's an Allen. Okay. Anyway, that's besides the point. But he's in the commercial. And when I initially saw it, I was like, that's really weird. That's a really weird thing that they did. And then I read more about it and they found the idea, like the company, the advertising company went on Reddit and like found um, people talking about like, is Michael Sarah like related or is he connected to the people that made the, the product? And so I think it works because they sort of like continued the conversation with people that already were, and it was from years ago, like the Reddit thread was from years ago. So it has a little bit of nostalgia to it. And it also just like, I don't know, it continued the conversation and it had fun with the people who already were like familiar with that discourse versus some of the other commercials where again, it's just like, they're sort of talking at you. They were having fun with everyone. And imagine, like, seeing that commercial years later after you, like, people probably remember, oh, my God, I was on Reddit two years ago, and I was, like, chatting with people in the community about this conspiracy, and now it's a Super Bowl commercial. Well, and uh, Sarah V actually tweeted, like, a couple of days before the Super Bowl, the same tweet that they then reposted afterwards that was, like, (laughs) despite popular belief, Michael Sarah does not have our formulas developed (laughs) by dermatologists, blah, blah, blah. And I read that not knowing about the Reddit thread in advance. And I was like, was there some sort of miscommunication? Yeah, like how did this this happen? I was trying to figure it out. And then when I saw the Super Bowl commercial, it kind of connected all of the dots. Yeah, yeah. I think that's another thing I read too is they did a lot of um, like building up to it too. So they sort of started getting that messaging out there. I think they also made updates to their website and said like this is not – like Michael Sarah has no affiliation with us. That's so, funny. so if you're before seeing the commercial, like I would be so confused. Absolutely. I would be, what is happening? <laughs> but then it, it clicks and it all makes sense. And now I think that there's, I mean, I've seen like other versions of the commercial. So it, it definitely was like a well thought out campaign. I don't know. I'm a fan. I, yeah. d- I don't think I'll ever get Sarah V without thinking of Michael Sarah right. anymore. <laughs> that's a good point though how you were saying they were building the messaging up beforehand. I feel like that's more common now where people are putting out little like teasers or like I think it was State Farm maybe made like a short film about like a soup like their superhero agent like he was like a thing and you could go to the website before the Super Bowl and like learn more about it and oh. then the Super Bowl commercial came out and so it kind of like Got people excited for it. Yeah. And so maybe that's also part of it. Hmm. You gotta get people hyped. Yeah. It's true. Well, and I think there's probably a difference between teasing something and full blown announcing something yeah. that yeah. I think we've probably lost a little bit of nuance around. Like, we all knew something, and well, I shouldn't say we all. Anyone who's a Beyonce fan, yeah. uh, like myself, <laughs> knew there was some sort of Beyonce announcement coming. Yeah. So we didn't know what it was. Everyone assumed it was a new album. Um, or she was releasing, you know, some tour footage or something. So, like, you're a little – interest is a little peaked. You're right. keeping an eye out for whatever Beyonce is going to announce during that time. Um, and then when it comes to the halftime show, uh, 
I love Usher and I love Alicia Keys, but I would have loved Alicia Keys to be a surprise. Mm. Mm. And so I knew for two weeks, like, Alicia Keys is going to perform with Usher. And I'm like, man, I remember when celebrities used to just pop into the halftime show and you didn't even know they were going to be there. And it creates the wow factor all over again. So I think it's probably a very delicate line between teasing and announcing. uh, And I wish we'd err a little bit more on the side of teasing, but still very entertained. Did he announce all those people? I think only Alicia Keys oh. was confirmed. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, he but brought out like, a lot of people. Right. I know. I love that halftime show. I thought Usher was minus Justin Bieber. I mean, that would have been the the cherry on top, but because right. <laughs> they were besties, he had mentored him. Right. Anyway, not if important. you're under 25, if you're over <laughs> 25, important. Alicia Keys was good. Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys take this one. But, uh, yeah, Alicia Keys was great. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I thought they were all great. No, yeah, and he was on roller skates. Which apparently he does that normally on his shows. And I was like, Really? You're so cool. Yeah, there's for that. not much Usher can't do. Right. I kind of want to go see him on tour if he's <laughs> right. going to have rollerblades. I know. And he's like 45 or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Me and my roommates were like, Should we go? 45? <laughs> Should we go? Okay. Should that be part two of this podcast? Right. It's just us at the Usher concert. Yeah. It'd make we're, for some really great audio. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. We're taking it okay, on the road. Put it on the calendar. How after hours on the road. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything your, else about. Oh, this what was your favorite commercial? Okay, yeah. Okay, mine's kind of cheesy because if you've listened to one minute of this podcast, you know that I'm a Friends fan. <laughs> so I think the Uber Eats commercial just was so funny. And even the comedy around anything other than the Rach and Ross situation, um, if you didn't see that commercial, pretty much Uber Eats made it sound like you have to remember something, but you have to forget something else in order to remember that. So people were like, we're forgetting to wear pants to work or... Tragic. Yeah. <laughs> they were just forgetting, like, how to sit down in a chair or something like that. And then Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer are in a, like, Hollywood set or something. And David Schwimmer comes up to um, Jennifer Aniston and is like, oh, my God, like, how are you? And she said, who are you? I don't Do know I who know you, you are. <laughs> and the only wish is I wish they would have made some sort of joke about them being on a break or not. Like she didn't remember whether or not they were on a break rather than didn't remember him at all but that might have been too deep of a friends fan like if you just know friends i think that the comedy aspect came yeah on, came across but that was my favorite nice i wouldn't expect anything different, different. yeah <laughs> she's a true fan yes <laughs> all right well that's enough about the super bowl let's get into um your background mackenzie yeah so let's do it. You're a Shippensburg grad. I am. I Alex am. is as well. Yeah. Last month we had someone from E Town, so I'm an E Town grad. So the worlds are colliding. Right. Everything We're just going is going back to our colleges. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So did you graduate with a marketing degree? Uh, so I graduated with business management. Oh, okay. Um, I took a lot of marketing classes while I was there. Just so, you know, I found a little more value in that than like Piano 101. So I took a bunch of marketing classes while I was there, got out, wasn't sure what direction I wanted to head, um, and sort of fell into marketing after the fact. Mm. Gotcha. Nice. That's Um, kind of how I got into marketing too, actually. I was a PR and communications, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do traditional PR. And so there was marketing. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Last, Last podcast they were talking about someone from their college that like your professors did you have um dr taylor ronald taylor i feel like i probably did he was like the principles of marketing professor and mm-hmm. then if you took more marketing classes he would have been but like he's the reason that i got into marketing he i just have never seen someone so 
ecstatic yeah. yeah about marketing it's like bro you're teaching principles of marketing but you were like this is the happiest thing you've ever done <laughs> but yeah go red raiders oh my god how do you feel about shippo the hippo I, whoever is running with that campaign, um, I feel the same way about them and want to give them their flowers just like I do the person who created Gritty, the Flyers new mascot. Like, it is just, when we talk about memorable versus, like, brand impact, it is just the perfect merger. Right. I was like, this is actually genius. They're they're doing a great job. I I chuckle to myself every time I see it. And all the alumni, like, our group texts that are still happening from college, like, we get a good kick out Aww. of it. Like, it is something that is transcending just, like, a couple of people in, in the comms department over there, like, making themselves laugh. Right. But, I yeah. love it. All right. I have something to look up after this. Right. We have, like, a... It's a, very self-explanatory. Right. It is. It's Shippo a hippo. hippo mascot okay. for Shippensburg University that they... They had a mascot contest, um, basically, to figure out, like, what the best mascot would be was in the PSAC schools mm. and then it they realized how popular our mascot was and how much people cared about mascots and then it kind of led to I don't know any of this for fact I'm just <laughs> making it up as I go but <laughs> okay. um allegedly for April Fool's they basically yeah. announced like hey we're getting rid of our old mascot yeah. and we're oh. unveiling Shippo the Hippo okay but it was just an April Fool's joke but even now that we're back to our traditional mascot. Like, they people just love, bring Shippo the Hippo right, out yeah, for random yeah. things, and I think people are really enjoying it. Like, so. the other day was National Hippo Day, I think. And they were like, oh, oh right, he had his moment. Day. He had his moment. <laughs> one day a year That's for him. That's amazing. I don't even know. Does the other one even have a name? Yes. But, like, no one. It bad is. marketing because no one knows him. <laughs> don't know his name. I know. He's a red writer. <laughs> He's a parrot. Mm, um, yeah. What's up with bird mascots yeah. for so many a blue jay conrad yeah. the blue jay oh huh e-town <laughs> anyway i don't have so many questions name. about why conrad but uh, i couldn't probably some initial like founder or investor yeah that's or something, for sure what it yes. is because there was something said, called conrad's corner i don't know what it was but there was something said, i'm gonna give you a bunch of money but your mascot you have will to name be named conrad. conrad big red that is the big parrot's red. name big red yeah. Got it. It doesn't roll off the tongue as much as Shippo the Hippo. All right. Okay. <laughs> we really got on a tangent Back there. Back on track. <laughs> Back uh, to your experience. So <laughs> you've been at, I'm going to say Spooky Nook. That's fine. For seven years. And we did stalk your LinkedIn to get all this information. <laughs> I appreciate, if, if I appreciate saw, research. Go for it. If, yeah, if you saw a if million you saw notifications. Me on your page multiple times. This is why no, you didn't. <laughs> it makes sense now. Um, so you started as a PR and communications coordinator and worked your way up to your current position. Did like what was that process for you? What were like some tangible steps you took in order to work your way up, or like just tell tell us about that experience? Absolutely. So um, yeah, I got hired in March 2017 as the PR and communications person. Um, it was a great entryway into what marketing could be. Until then, I had really only done like sales and marketing support. So essentially, our sales team's going in for a presentation and they need a proposal or I'm managing people's calendars or things like that. And this really gave me the foray to grow and learn different skills within marketing. 
And sort of as I went, just was really hungry for new opportunity. So anytime something came up that I could add onto my plate, I wanted to. Uh, when the opportunity to manage people came up, I wanted that. So just really my acceptance and saying yes and leaning into those things, I think they saw like this is someone who wants more. Um, and when I was able to prove that I could handle it, they'd be like, okay, what else can we give you yeah. now? Um, and then in 2019, we absorbed the sponsorship piece in marketing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were already handling a lot of the marketing deliverables when a sponsor signed on. So we were working with the signage company to get their their branding up in our building and we're running their website, banner mm-hmm. ads and social media and email marketing and all the stuff that goes into buying a sponsorship package. Um, and so when we had some some transition there from an employee standpoint, um, marketing suggested that we absorb that piece, and we did that. And it's been a little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing ever since. Yeah. I feel like that is really good advice to stay hungry for the things that you want. Um, do you have any advice on keeping the balance between being taken advantage of and being open to like saying yes to things in order to advance your career without so we have a group of interns that we speak to every quarter and I always end with some advice for them Mm -hmm. and one of my biggest pieces of advice is that and I loved my college experience got so much out of Shippensburg like really enjoyed the education I had there but I felt like there were certain professors and certain classes and just certain mentalities that go along with like getting a degree where you leave and you're like, I am untouchable. Like Mm -hmm. walk into that boardroom, demand six figures to start, unlimited PTO, like Mm -hmm. know your worth and ask for it. And now after I've been in the industry for a bunch of years, I look back and I'm like, if a 21-year-old walked in here and like demanded so far above and beyond what this job description was, I'd give them 17 seconds of consideration. (laughs) There is just something to be said for getting your start and proving your worth. Now, for the taking advantage of piece, I think a lot of that comes down to company. Yeah. If you work for a company that you feel is taking advantage of you, they're going to take advantage of you whether you're an admin assistant or you're the CFO. Right. And I speak a lot about company culture and Mm. what keeps you at work versus like what are you stressed about at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if you have more stuff that's keeping you at work, it's probably a good place for you. Yeah, that's really great advice. Snaps. Snaps for you. Um, So your title now has two parts, uh, marketing and partnerships. So do you just want to speak on the like marketing side? What are your sort of everyday type of deliverables or yeah. responsibilities. Yeah, so that corporate director title essentially just means I oversee the marketing team and the partnerships team in Pennsylvania and at our new location in Ohio. Mm, so that corporate director title just means you have a team at both locations essentially. Um, the marketing side, we do a lot of our own marketing in-house. So for all of our departments, whether it's volleyball or our corporate events department or our restaurant or our hotel or our fitness team, <laughs> um, all of that comes through us. So oh, our wow. team handles all of the email marketing, social, both paid and organic. Um, we do all a lot of the flyers and things. We outsource a little bit of design. We outsource a little bit of SEO. And we outsource a little bit of OTT, but otherwise, it's a lot of in-house stuff. We have 32 different departments at the Nook, so people require a lot of marketing support. uh, But we also rely on those directors to be sort of the master of their own domain. Mm -hmm. So if you're overseeing the volleyball department, 
we expect you to be the expert in volleyball. Like you own that business and you just mm. tell us as the marketing team what you need from us in order to make you successful. Wow. How big is your team? Like the marketing team? Yep. So I have two coordinator or a, a marketing and sponsorship coordinator in Pennsylvania and then a marketing manager in Pennsylvania. And then mm-hmm. in Ohio, I have a marketing manager and a sponsorship coordinator as well. So altogether, oh, we wow. are a small but mighty team of five. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, I, would, I would love a couple more people if yeah. our HR department is listening to this. But um, <laughs> yes, well, we're making do with what we have for now. But truly, we, have, we just have some good people in the right seats. And yeah. so we're able to produce at a higher level right now than we would even with an extra person if they weren't the right person right. to be there. Yeah, that's, that's great. A- amazing. Um, okay, going back a little bit, how did your strategies shift when the pandemic hit? Because I know for some industries, it had a much deeper hit than others, and I f- am maybe making an assumption here that might be wrong, but no, I would think definitely the, right. Sports, the Nook I feel like. would probably have taken a pretty big hit during that time. How did you shift your strategy in order to maintain like market awareness and brand awareness and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, without diving too much into the the depths of of that, um, it it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. So when you are a fully operational facility, so we are open to the public, we make our money by people coming through the doors, by signing up for things. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not an online business by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And we're a big facility. Mm -hmm. So just to open the doors and turn on the lights every day, there's a cost associated with that. And if you're paying out that cost day after day, month after month, and you're not letting a single person through the door, Mm -hmm. it's tough. So we went from a team of about 815 people uh, in February of 2020. Yeah, 2020. Um, and that's full-time, part-time, seasonal internship. Like even the the high school kid who works 15 hours a week at the smoothie right. bar just during right. the summer, yeah. like they're included in that in that number. Um, we laid off a considerable amount of those people yeah. and went down to a team of about 16. Oh wow! And then went down to a team of about 11. Oh and my god! That lasted almost 50 days. Wow! And then slowly we started to bring back people who we thought could help us reopen Mm -hmm. and if they gave us approval to open our doors with that group of people we could be ready to go Mm -hmm. the day they made that announcement so when governor wolf came out and said we're going to allow you to do summer camps but you just have to follow these guidelines that to us was the green light we were waiting Mm -hmm. for so the nook was closed for just over 80 days completely and when we were finally able to open up for summer camps that was sort of what kick-started a return to normalcy in terms Mm -hmm. of whatever that means for you uh but speaking personally it it was a weird time yeah uh 14 acres under one roof when the lights would be off and you'd Uh, walk over to the gym and turn on the one light above your treadmill plug in the treadmill (laughs) and then when you were done wipe everything down unplug it turn it off and go back to the office (laughs) and then it was the next person's turn if they wanted to use the gym and of course that's not at all actually the work part of my job but yeah um it was it was just a a really unique time yeah. to be there but that's crazy sports what we noticed was the one thing that it was like people called out for almost mm. uh and as people wanted to really get out of their houses and start getting active again and the weather got nicer mm-hmm. it was the first thing that people were like this needs to come back we're going yeah. a little stir crazy so right. 
nothing nothing COVID related was perfect in terms of how people found ways to get back into business or shut down businesses or whatever the strategy people needed to adopt. They just did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. But our team, I think, is stronger now for the decisions we had to make and yeah. for the work we had to put in. So it was a tough time, but we saw 1.6 million people through our doors last year, which was the biggest year we've ever had on record. Wow, so. Wow. We're not, I wouldn't even say we're 100% back yet from some of the cuts we had to make during that time, but we're making it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's awesome. Was there a sport that you, so my dad is like a big golf guy and I think he had noticed or seen that golf became really popular during COVID because you can do it by yourself. You don't have to be around anyone else and you can be outside. Did you notice like any particular program or sport create a huge uptick right after COVID or people were like, I'm super excited for this specific thing to come back? That's a great question. I don't know that we saw a lot of that just because we're primarily indoor anyway. Yeah, that's true. So the, some of the things that people picked up on during the pandemic and post like golf and even pickleball, like mm-hmm. we, we can do some of that, but not all of right. that. So yeah. uh, our biggest sports have always been basketball, volleyball, field hockey, and then kind of trickles down to the second and third tier from there. We always joke that any sport on land, you can probably play. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's on ice or in water, no, but right. otherwise we can probably make it work. Yeah. So we definitely saw a return to basketball probably mm. the fastest. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much business as usual. Yeah. Once we were able to open our doors, everything sort of came back at once. So talking more on the like partnership side and sponsorships, what's your process for that look like? Is it a lot of companies coming to you and asking for like advertising in the Nook or is it you reaching out to them and sort of making a, a connection? Yeah, it's a it's great question. It's a mix of both. Um, as the salesperson, I'd love for more companies to pick up the phone and call us and say they're interested in sponsorship. <laughs> Selfish plug there. Um, if you're but, listening. Yes, if you're listening and looking for advertising in Spooky Nook Sports, call. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's it's a lot of prospecting. One of my marketing coordinators recently transitioned into a role to help with some of those prospecting aspects on the sponsorship side. Okay. So it's an equal mix of both, but it's once someone gets in and sees the facility and sees how big it is and all that we have to offer, that's really the selling point. So yeah. we just try to get them in for a tour, talk to them a little bit about our business, and then once they've seen it, it's it's hard not to, to buy yeah. into the value. Yeah, there. I was going to say, that. when you walk into the nook, you're just kind of like, wow, <laughs> everything is, is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always joke I get my steps in just walking from my spot in the parking lot every day to my office. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, like where do you guys park? We park basically uh, by the bubble Oh, okay. uh, in the back. It's the dome, but everyone knows it as the bubble. Yep. So unless it's raining, then maybe we park a little bit closer. But as employees, we try to park a little far away so that the the non-employees of the world don't have as far to walk to get into the building. Because it's always so packed in there. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Crazy. Um... Okay, so talking a little bit about social media, obviously that probably plays a huge role in your business. Um, do you see any correlation, and I'm going to try to word this right, do you see any correlation if like a professional sports team, or even like when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, like did you see an uptick in football? Or like is that a thing where like if somewhere around here are like professional sports are doing really well or making headlines you see a correlation at spooky nook or is that just like, like more of an that's interest a great in question sports. i don't know that i ever thought about that i i will say 
So the FIFA World Cup mm. is coming to Philadelphia in 2026. Right. Oh, okay. And we are definitely taking a look at what our soccer programming looks like in 2025 and 2026 yeah. uh-huh. to make sure we're capitalizing on the popularity of the sport. Yeah, that's cool. So I don't know that to this point we've noticed a huge correlation, but I think with things like that coming to the area, there's definitely a potential there for us to capitalize on some of that interest, some of that traffic. I mean, more people watch soccer, like 10 times more people watch soccer every year than watch the Super Bowl. So it's a huge sport. It's really growing. It's popular, you know, just about everywhere in the world, more so than it is in North America. But I think North America is finally starting to catch on. And so... I think we'll see an increase there. Otherwise, I don't know that I've noticed it to this point, but I'm sure just as sports popularity grows in general, people have more of an interest. Um, I know, and we don't have to get into all of this, but I know Taylor Swift has been a popular topic of conversation during the last football season. And I am very much so of the camp. I have I've always been a woman who has enjoyed watching professional football. It is not something that everyone does it's something that no matter who I talk to they're like wow that's crazy you're a girl you know football (laughs) like that's wild and I'm like not really I just like it and so if she is able to get a different generation of women especially to turn on the television and watch a football game right uh, show her for more time during the game and I know she doesn't want that so that's a separate conversation but and I don't understand the negativity when it's getting more people to watch the sport that we're all here Mm -hmm. for in the first place. That's so true. Exactly. Because the people that are getting mad are like the gym bros or like she calls it like the Brad's, Chad's, and Dad's or something. They're like, oh, we just came here to watch football. But they – I saw someone where it was like, imagine your daughter is like wanting to now watch this with you and like connect with you and like have this experience with you. Like why is this turning into like – a negative thing like yeah when the first game she was at during playoffs there was a lot of conversation around it after that I think just because I don't know people were finally starting to catch on to it who knows but all these analytics websites online ran like how long was she actually yeah. on screen yep. and it was like 17 seconds right and if you think about how many times they show for example Jerry Jones the owner of the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the suite who is not on the football field. Right. He is not a coach. He is just the owner of the team who is probably too more involved than he needs to be. But <laughs> they show him for like a minute and a half every time the Cowboys play. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that he owns the team, so that can be correlated, but he has no tie to the success of the game or how the game is going. Right. Yeah. So why are we okay with that? But it's a female pop star and mm-hmm. everyone's losing their minds. Yeah. My gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow, snapping. We, we talk about like, this a lot. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, do. Like, <laughs> is that episode three we just right. talked about? Yeah, feminism. Into that. Uh, yeah. uh, the I series mean, we, actually just Mackenzie Bender now. <laughs> listen, yeah. we could get into a whole thing about the NBA All-Star game over the weekend where they had a Sabrina. WNBA player Yep, shoot mm-hmm. from the men's three-point line, and she crushed it, and they were basically like, wow, a lady who can shoot a basketball. Oh, my and God. And the whole thing was doomed either way because if she would have beat Steph, they're like, oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. But if she – if she, like, because she – I mean, she held her own. Like, yeah. she did and, good. And her interviews were great. Steph's interviews were great. They were yeah. both very supportive of each other. Um, and then the team, like, went out to – like on the town after the NBA All-Star Games and she wore a dress and everyone was like, oh my gosh, she can play sports and wear a dress. Oh, and they're like, so yeah, crazy. most people can. That, that Today in 2024, that's right. still like a, 
my gosh. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, pivot. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself back here intentionally because yeah. I think we could have a whole separate podcast yeah, on how people absolutely. don't give women enough credit in the sports industry, but yeah. I digress. <laughs> yeah. So true, though. Okay. Well, we'll still talk about sports. So in previous episodes, we've talked a lot about maintaining a good work-life balance. Do you find it harder to maintain a work-life balance or easier because you are surrounded by things that you enjoy doing? Or do you feel like you're taking your work home with you a lot and the sports, it's just all kind of like one thing? I think I can comfortably say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... What I like about the culture of my job is that you can go to the gym over your lunch break and it's knocked out so you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to do it before work or not get home until 7 Mm o'clock after work because it can just be a part of your day. It's very accessible. It also guilts you into not working out a little bit when the gym is like 17 feet from your office door. You're like, (laughs) I really should go do that today. And then it's very flexible in the sense of if you're there and you're putting in the time and you're getting your work done, but your kid has a soccer game at four mm. o'clock or, you know, you have to put them on the bus at 830 or even outside of the family scope of things, right. you have a doctor's appointment. It's very flexible in the sense of like, just go do it. Right. If you're getting your job done and you're in a role that allows you that flexibility from, you know, a salaried standpoint or your, your office personnel versus operations. I know there's right. all sorts of different deferentials there, but yeah, it's, the culture makes it easy to maintain that. I think my personality makes it right. hard to maintain that, but I don't put that on them. I put that on me right. uh, in, in the best possible ways. I think it's what makes me good at my job. I also think it makes it a little bit harder to not take things home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I also think the conversation surrounding work-life balance is a little more nuanced than a lot of people give it credit for mm-hmm. in terms of it doesn't necessarily mean I go into office, the office at 830 And then I leave at five and I take nothing home with me and I do no personal stuff at work. It's sort of the blend and how they interact with each other on a minute by minute basis, as opposed to a hour by hour or day by day basis. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up, um, let's talk a little bit about how you think the Nook uplifts the Lancaster community. If you had to sort of describe your role in supporting whether it's other businesses or just like the upcoming generation of Mm. athletes how do you think that your role supports their initiative yeah yeah I'll talk about the the Lancaster piece of that first so I was recently at a discover Lancaster meeting where they said we basically hit just shy of 10 million visitors to Lancaster County in the last year. Oh, wow. That's a super impressive number. Mm -hmm. Lancaster is a cool place to be. I was born and raised in Lancaster, went to Hempfield, uh, went to Shippensburg, which is only about an hour and 20 minutes up the road, and then came right back. So clearly I I buy into the culture of Lancaster. I enjoy it. I like Mm -hmm. being here. And so when people are coming to Lancaster, all of the businesses in the area are better for it. The Mm -hmm. hotels, the restaurants, the shopping centers. And... When you hear that statistic and then you think about the fact that the Nook had 1.6 million people through our doors last year, thinking through what we contribute to that number, I I can't help but recognize the impact the Nook has had on the the business community of Lancaster County and the tourism in Lancaster Mm -hmm. County. Now, we had an economic impact study done in 2017 that essentially evaluated the business we brought to the area that year how much money those people then spent at our businesses and all of the businesses around them 
basically if they leave from Pittsburgh and travel to Lancaster, what gas stations are they stopping at? How mm-hmm. much are they spending? Once they get here, where are they staying? What yeah. are they eating? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And it was just over a billion dollars in economic impact in one year oh, wow. that we were able to contribute to the area just by existing. So mm-hmm. there, I don't think there's a, a doubt in my mind that without the Nook, the prosperity in Lancaster County over the last couple of years would be the same. Right. And I think there's a lot of potential moving forward of even growing that. I mean, you look around at all the hotels popping up off the Mount Joy exit. Mm-hmm. None of that existed. 10 years ago when the Nook was being built. So I think there's a lot of potential in Lancaster County. It's it's why the businesses want to advertise with us. It's why yeah. I have a sponsorships job in the first place. But yeah. <laughs> there is just a lot of impact there. And then from an, a youth athlete standpoint, I mean, man, the, the goal really is, and I tell my team this all the time, get them in here for a preschool camp. Mm. If we can get them in at preschool, we have something for them to do every year a, up to and beyond when they graduate high school. And now we have adult rec sports as well. So it's really just like, we want this to be, yes, it's a sports venue. Yes, we have a hotel and a restaurant and a conference center, but we want it to be a community center. We want you as a Lancastrian to look at us as like, yep, I grew up in the nook. I was a part of this here. And I think beyond that, it provides other athletes in the area an opportunity to go and do the sport they love and not have to get on a plane and travel halfway across the country Mm -hmm. they can have a 30 court basketball tournament right down the road from them or an hour and a half from them or two hours from them but they're not having to go to major cities in on along the east coast to get it done they can come to lancaster and making lancaster synonymous with the hub of youth sports has been a really cool thing to watch over the last 10 years Incredible. That's awesome. Why did that give me chills? I know. I was like, <laughs> I did not know that Nook had such an impact. I, I mean, didn't, I I I didn't hear any snaps, so I, I'll, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but no. I'll, I'll take it. Only no. snap for Taylor Swift. <laughs> Fair. I think you snap for Justin Bieber, too, but I could be yeah. wrong. Lily might have. I might Justin have. Bieber. I might have. Um, I remember when this, the Nook, I don't know if it was when they first started, but when the U.S. field hockey team would practice there, and that was such a big thing and such an exciting thing that somewhere like Lancaster like especially growing up here and maybe you guys had the same mentality too of like it's just Lancaster like there's nothing to do here we're not cool but seeing that the U.S. field hockey team would come to the Nook and practice it's like oh my god yeah we're dismantling that idea there's so much to do in Lancaster yeah and I feel like as we get older we feel that too but I feel like that was the start of it for me of like oh my gosh like that's so cool and like the nook is doing that like yeah Yeah, and I mean this is not a a name drop segment by any stretch of the imagination but (laughs) when when I look at this place that I grew up 15 minutes from and now I've gotten the chance to work at for seven years and we have a live basketball weekend which essentially Mm -hmm. just means that college coaches can be recruiting high school students Mm. during this time and we have the UConn women's coach in our building walking around looking at people and we have all these basketball coaches at our facility scouting their potential players and we have a wrestling event coming in next year that's bringing in some olympic wrestlers and the u.s is really well known for how well we do in wrestling in the olympics and we just have these things and ali krieger who just retired from the u.s women's soccer Mm -hmm. team has hosted one of her camps and clinics at our facility like it's Uh just it brings in people that 
I never imagined even being in the same proximity to, yeah. let mm-hmm. alone like they're coming to my job for something. Yeah. And of course, working in the marketing world, you sometimes get the pleasure of bumping into those people in the mm-hmm. hallways. Like I've seen Brian Dawkins before at the Nook because he's come to speak at a fundraising event. Um, scared to death, death to ask him for a picture, but <laughs> but I did it, and it, it's a great moment. And it's just really become again like that community center, that hub for yeah. sports. Mm-hmm. I I really foresee a future where Lancaster is spoken in the same breath as a lot of those major sports cities. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, this is something we're asking every guest this season. Um, what is something you're excited about for the future? One for Spooky Nook and one for your personal life. I'll start with personal because I feel like uh, it's an easy one. It's more apparent. So I'm getting married in June. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so thank you. So that feels like a major life decision that yes. if I didn't say as an, a response to that question, I, I don't know what I'd be doing. But yes, getting married in June uh, in Downingtown. Actually, at a venue that's owned by a former Eagles player. So, like, oh. this whole conversation has kind of come full circle. But, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, what if they're there? Maybe the Eagles be. player just comes by to say hi. There, There is, like, a late-night tailgate station you can add on. And they have, like, a Jalen Hurts cutout. And I was like, we're getting that. Right. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what I don't care what the cost is, what it's actually serving food-wise. Like, we're getting the Jalen right. Hurts cutout at our wedding reception. So, that is definitely something I'm looking forward to personally. I love that. In terms of professionally um I think for the first time in the sponsorship world we've really started exploring big level sponsorships and I say that slowly because every sponsorship is valuable and Mm -hmm, holds value for for the sponsor who signs on for it but for the first time we're really sitting down and and discussing because of the traffic we're seeing is there a partner that it makes sense to sell naming rights to Mm -hmm. is there a sponsor that it makes sense to sell presenting rights of the hardwood courts to like that window of opportunity is really just cracked and I'm excited to see what it can open up into and with the new facility in Ohio opening and exploring the future of what that looks like beyond Ohio I just think there's a lot on the roadmap left to be discovered and I'm just excited to be a part of the team that gets to discover it yeah when did the Ohio one open the fitness center opened first out there and that was November of 22 So everything else has kind of had a phased approach for opening beyond Mm -hmm. that. So it was sort of November for fitness, then like March for meetings and events, and then everything else has sort of started to come on after that. Wow. That's exciting to see where that will be in like 10 years then. Yeah, and that one's bigger if you can imagine. Oh my, Uh, whoa. The the difference there is it's split between two buildings, so it's almost like a college campus-y type feel. So the one whole side is some tenant and retail space, restaurants, bars, hotel, conference center, and then the other whole side is fitness, sports, food, court, things like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Dang. Okay. So cool. Okay, thank you so much, Mackenzie, for being here on our season one, episode two of Tower After Hours. We learned so much from you about your own career path and what the future of Spooky Nook looks like and got some amazing insights on some great Super Bowl commercials. Um, Be sure to tune in to our next episode where we talk to a Tower employee, one of our very own, to talk about passions not only in the workplace but also outside of the workplace. Super excited for that one. Until then, see see ya. ya!
You've just listened to another episode of Tower After Hours. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find a exclusive look into the episode by subscribing to our monthly podcast newsletter. The link will be in our description. If you want a behind the scenes of what Tower Marketing does, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Tower Marketing. A new episode will come out on the last Thursday of every month, and you can find us on your favorite streaming platform, including Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts.